0: From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. Hey, Thanos, forget the Infinity Stones. Listen to my Infinity Tones. (laughs) I'm Bill Curtis, and here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody, so much. Thank you for being with us. We have a great show for you today. Later
1: on we're gonna be talking to Laird Hamilton, legendary surfer, fitness model, lifestyle and exercise guru. Basically, his job is to be cooler than you. (laughs) But first, we wanted to commemorate the third anniversary of one of the greatest events in NPR history. On April 28th, 2016, on Take Your Child to Work Day, a child reached out, an adorable little finger, pushed a button, and took NPR off the air during Morning Edition. It sounded a little bit like this.
2: Jeffrey Katzenberg will stay behind our DreamWorks to work on...
1: That silence lasted for 73 seconds, which is a period of time that we in the radio business call forever. But due to the popular response to this event, NPR has created a new corporate holiday which we celebrated this past week, Leave Your Damn Child at Home Day. <laughs> anyway, we really want to hear your voice, so give us a call. The number is one triple eight. Wait, wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Now let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you are on. Wait, wait. Don't tell me.
0: Hi, how is? How are you? I'm good.
1: Who's this? This is Miyuki from Irvington, New York. Irvington, New York. So, what do you do there in Irvington? I'm a musician. Are you really? And I uh, am. Uh, do you make your living doing that? Because I know that's hard to do. Well, you know, making a living is sort of a, um, kind of a big stretch,
3: but I guess
1: <laughs> Well, welcome to the show, Miyuki. Let me introduce you to our panel. First up, a comedian currently on tour with Dana Gould in the show with two heads. Info at danagould.com. It's Bobcat Goldthwait. Next, the host of The Daily Podcast, TBTL, and the public radio variety show Live Wire, which will be back at the Alberta Rose Theater in Portland on May 16th. It's Luke Burbank. Hey, Miyuki. They're saying Miyuki. Miyuki. (laughs) And finally, a comedian you can see in Santa Rosa, California, May 18th at the Luther Burbank Center for the Arts. And in St. Paul, Minnesota, on June 7th at the Fitzgerald Theater. You can hear her on the podcast. Nobody (laughs) listens to Paula Poundstone. It's Paula Poundstone. So Miyuki, welcome to the show. You know how this works. You're going to play Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis right here is going to recreate for you three quotations from the week's news. Your job correctly, identify or explain two of them. Do that. You win our prize. The voice of anyone you may like from our show on your voicemail. You ready to play? I am indeed. All right, your first quote is a pronouncement from the President of the United States. Welcome to the race, Sleepy Joe. That was the President in his own way, welcoming somebody who finally announced he was running for President. Who is it?
3: Mr. Joe Biden.
1: Joe Biden! (laughs) After just flirting with a presidential run, you know, coming up behind it, rubbing its shoulders. (laughs) Joe Biden announced on Thursday, He's entering a race with eight declared women candidates at a time when Democrats are obsessed with rampant sexism. And the opening line of his announcement email was, quote, America is an idea based on a founding principle. All men are created equal. Now, in so many ways, Vice President Biden just still has the touch. Uh, He made his announcement via video Uh, of which he said, you know, when I was a kid, we used to call these talkies. (laughs) And he presented himself sort of as an everyman candidate. It doesn't matter what race, age, gender, or sexuality you are, Joe Biden wants to smell your hair.
2: Did you see the, uh, non-endorsement that, uh, Obama released? No, what did he do? It was just like, I hear my good friend Joe Biden wants to be president. (laughs) Like it was really non-committal It was like the It was like if your friend asks you to come over To like their candle party Right (laughs) Like you have to go But you really want to leave With a maximum of two candles Well the problem is I mean
1: uh, His connection to Obama Is his primary selling point He was of course Obama's vice president For eight years And people still like Obama In the democratic party So people might vote for him This is his theory People will vote for him for the same reason you invite somebody you don't really like to your party because you hope he'll bring his hot friend. That's <laughs> interesting. Uh, it, it turns out that, of course, Joe Biden, like uh, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, is a millennial. In Biden's case, it's
2: because he is a thousand years old. <laughs> yeah. If you take the age of his hair plugs and the age of his teeth, the average of his body parts is like 37 That's years true. old.
4: I d- it's just so many, you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe, uh, I don't know, maybe the runoff should be like Red Rover, Red Rover.
1: Yeah. <laughs> or maybe, maybe something more akin to the Hunger Games. Arm them, you know? <laughs> All right, Miki, your next quote is from game show legend Ken Jennings.
0: I don't feel I get enough credit for making small, sensible wages, which helped the show with its prize budget. Mr. Jennings was responding to the historic
1: winning run of James Holzhauer, the current champion of what game show? Of uh, Jeopardy. Yes, Jeopardy! Yeah. Everybody is calling James Holzhauer a genius. His crazy method, go for the questions worth the most money. Right? So instead of choosing, you know, the first one at the top, it's like hundred bucks, wow. he's like choose the one at the bottom, it's five hundred bucks. His genius strategy is basically the same one as Steph Curry's. Do the thing that gets more points. <laughs>
5: Do you know I was on Jeopardy once? Uh, I played for uh, a, a charity. Yeah. And uh, my charity had to give money back to Jeopardy. Really?
2: Yeah. yeah. They
1: yeah. had to throw out some orphans from the shelter because you had so, <laughs> taken so much money from them.
5: Trips were taken away from ailing children.
4: <laughs> I, I was on a game show in Australia where uh, well, I just, I was tanking. So I just started slapping the other people's buzzer. You I, like knew, I knew enough. Over? Yeah, I could see when I was on the camera and uh and I would just hit the other person's button, and she's swinging a guy. And they, and they go Sophie and she's like he keeps hitting my butt and I go
0: lady you're gonna
2: lose just lose don't drag me into
0: it <laughs> that's a true story
2: am I the only panelist who has not been on a game show I have sometimes gotten home early and watched Jeopardy but then rewound it on the DVR and then rewatched it with my wife so I seem like really smart <laughs> <laughs> is that what
1: I mean? what's crazy course, is people are criticizing this because he's too good. He's taking all the fun out of Jeopardy. He's just going to win. He's showing off on the day of his biggest win. He calculated out the right wager so that his total, when he won, was a tribute to his daughter's birthday. And all of the bitter nerds watching him said, oh great, he had sex once, too. (laughs) All right, Miyuki, here is your last quote.
0: You'd be well advised to manage your expectations and give it its three-hour-plus runtime, your fluid intake.
1: That was NPR's own Glenn Weldon giving some advice to people going to see what big movie this weekend? Going to see The Avengers Endgame. You even got the chapter title right. Yes, The Avengers Endgame. <laughs> As you might remember, at the end of last year's Avengers Infinity War, half the superheroes dried up and blew away. The sequel, which takes place five years later, is about the survivors coping with the fact that superhero dust is highly allergenic. (laughs) (laughs) So so this is the film that finally brings all the beloved comic characters together, Iron Man, Captain America, Spider-Man, the Hulk, Snoopy, Garfield, (laughs) the guy from the Mr. Yuck stickers, and the cast of
2: Family Circus. They'll be able to find the little one because you'll see a little broken line yeah. of where he went when he jumped over the swing set. Yeah,
1: the person who defeats Thanos is the ghost of Grandpa. that will be awesome. <laughs> Are you guys excited to see this?
4: Only if it starts with Thanos snorting the other... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like just, he's just doing, doing mad lines Doing of lines the...
1: of Spider-Man <laughs> off yeah. a
4: mirror? Uh, <laughs>
1: That's the worst. Well, they became powder. A, all right. Um... <laughs> Uh, oh, this, I will tell you this, this thing, this is actually true, that there is an app, because the movie is so long, as you heard, some people are concerned about, you know, when you can take a bathroom break. There's no intermission. So there is an app that you can download in your phone, and you press the app button when the movie starts, and it will alert you
2: at good times to go to the bathroom. Now I have a new reason to hate other people in the movie theater. Right. Yeah.
5: People are messing around with their phones while you're trying to watch a movie. Exactly. We, we've, we've already been discouraging this for years. And, and now, now we're encouraging you, it. Now they're encouraging it. Yeah. Exactly. This you is know exactly
2: what? what pissed Thanos off. I know. Yeah. This is why he had to kill half the <laughs> you
1: people. You are Because you're, you're I, looking at your phone in the movie theater, half of you must die. What don't.
5: if you're in that
4: in the movie, you're an actor in it, and then your scene comes up and it says, hey, now's a
1: good time to take yeah. it. You'd be
4: like, Yeah. <laughs>
1: I put uh, my heart in the scene. Uh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Bill, how did Miyuki do on our quiz? Miyuki cut his way through our questions like an Avenger. <laughs> Three <and> of those. Congratulations, <laughs> Miyuki. <laughs> Thank you so much for playing.
2: <laughs> bye bye.
1: Right now, panel, time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Paula, we've got a bargain for animal lovers like you. A rare bird called a cassowary is being auctioned off in Florida. Yes? The bird's previous owner no longer can care for the bird. Why? Because the bird killed him. That's exactly right. (laughs) The cassowary is a flightless, but apparently not murderless bird. It was described by the Florida medical examiner, and this is real as having, quote, no sense of humor. (laughs) Uh, It killed its owner two weeks ago. There were no witnesses, but neighbors reported hearing the bird saying, say flightless again. I freaking dare you. (laughs) Now, you probably don't know what a cassowary looks like. To picture it, imagine a slightly smaller version of an ostrich, but this one can jump up to seven feet in the air. Oh my gosh. It has a four-inch long razor-sharp talon on each claw. Oh and my And when God. it buries its head in the sand, it comes back holding a gun. <laughs> they, they say, despite everything, the cassowary, this cassowary will make a great pet yeah. for, for a while. And,
4: and Mother's Day's coming up. That's true. Sure.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> Coming up,
1: it's Infrastructure Week, finally. In our Bluff the Listener game, called one wait wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from Zoom. When you can't be there in person, Zoom. Zoom is used by millions to connect face-to-face across town or around the world. Share files, video, anything. And connect through any device. Desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference room system. Zoom video conferencing, Zoom room, Zoom video webinars, and Zoom phone let you do business at the speed of Zoom. Visit Zoom online to set up your free account today. Meet happy with Zoom. This week on Rough Translation.
2: I found out this crazy thing. The word in French for ghostwriter is France's version of the end. I literally was like, what? That story, this week on Rough Translation. Take a listen.
0: From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis, and we are playing this week with Luke Burbank, Paula Poundstone, and Bobcat Goldthwaite. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill.
2: Right now.
1: <laughs> it's time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener Game. Call 1888 Wait, Wait to Play Our Game in the Air. Hi, you are on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me.
4: Hi, this is Lacey
1: Smith from San Antonio, Texas. Oh, San Antonio, we discovered, is a fabulous town. I mean, i had heard it, but it was one thing to experience. it. It's wonderful. There's you... lots of culture and lots of wonderful places to eat. Yeah, and what do you do there?
4: I am a event planner and a stay-at-home mom. I have an 11-year-old and three-and-a-half-year-old triplets. Wow. Whoa. I... <laughs> wow. And
2: I get that
4: reaction a lot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you're an event planner professionally, so do people expect that your kids' birthday parties are just going to be absolutely fabulous with, like, caterers and elephants and stuff like that?
4: I sure hope not. I'm the cheapest mom there is.
1: Hey! Lacey, <laughs> it's great to have you with us. You're gonna play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. What's the topic, Bill?
0: Our crumbling infrastructure to the
1: rescue! Isn't it terrible when you want to jump off a bridge because you're depressed about our nation's infrastructure, but you can't find a bridge that's safe enough? <laughs> this week, though, bad infrastructure did good. Our panelists are going to tell you about it, pick the one who's telling you the truth, and you'll win our prize, the weight waiter of your choice, on your voicemail. Are you ready to play Lacey? Yes, sir. All right, first, let's hear from
2: Luke Burbank. The McMaster's Dam, located on the Columbia River near Umatilla, Oregon, has certainly seen better days. A series of cracks and fissures that were years overdue for repair ruptured last month, creating one long horizontal gash in the dam through which a steady wave of water has been gushing day and night. It's been called a catastrophe by the Army Corps of Engineers, a disaster by local farmers, and totally epic by Surfer Magazine who recently declared the wave the sickest surf spot in America. Because it turns out the gushing water forms a perfectly tube-like barrel of water that has become the destination for serious surfers from around the world, people like 24-year-old Chasen Bradford from Vallejo, California, who tried to describe the wave to a confused Wall Street Journal reporter. Bruh, it's like, you got the best barrels ever, dude. You just drop in and whoopow, you smack the lip and you get pitted, so pitted, you know? The reporter did not know. (laughs) But eventually got to his real question, asking Bradford if he felt nervous surfing in front of a dam that could burst at any moment and bury him under 1.3 million acre feet of water. Bradford responded by pulling up his shirt and exposing a Hakuna Matata tattoo. (laughs) It means no worries for the rest of your days, he added without irony. The town of Umatilla is enjoying a surge in tourism and actually sees this as a long-term boon to the local economy, since once the dam does burst, the three local funeral homes will be doing brisk business, dealing with Chasen and his buddies for the foreseeable future. All
1: right. (laughs) Surfers taking advantage of a leaking dam on the Columbia River. Your next story from the Bridge and Tunnel crowd comes from Paula Poundstone.
5: Paramedics in Omaha, Nebraska, were rushing a man to the hospital, fearing for his life. His heart was racing 200 beats a minute, which could mean imminent heart attack or heart failure. Then, fortunately for him, the ambulance hit a pothole, which jolted the patient so hard his heart regained its normal rhythm. (laughs) Dr. Andrew Goldsweig of the Nebraska Medicine Health Network said of the man's condition, quote, One way to treat that is with an electrical shock. Classically, you'll see it on television, the paddles clear and the big jolt. Turns out you can do that with a pothole. When news of this gets out, Philadelphia's historic cobblestone-paved streets will be jammed with cars filled with drivers and passengers with racing hearts. (laughs) This heart-healing pothole bounce may frame any move towards an infrastructure bill as an assault on healthcare interests. On the other hand, it could lead to van loads of cardiologists secretly filling potholes in the dead of night.
1: (laughs) A pothole in Omaha saves a man's life when his ambulance hits it and it fixes his heart rate. Your last story of decay being okay comes from Bobcat Goldthwaite.
4: The tiny town of Cresco, Iowa is enduring what might be legitimately called, politely, a poop storm. <laughs> because of recent massive flooding, the centuries-old sewer system has been overwhelmed and the drains are acting in reverse, causing a town crap catastrophe. <laughs> Homeowners have strolled into their bathrooms and discovered that their sinks, baths, toilets have become Bellagio-like dancing fountains of waste. <laughs> a petition has already gathered 1,200 signatures, almost half the population, to change the town's motto to Cresco, Iowa, even worse than before. <laughs> One resident who will not be signing the petition, though, is Tanya Idol, who says the situation is a miracle. Quote, like Jesus' own septic tank backing up. She walked into her bathroom this week to find her long lost engagement ring had appeared right there on the floor. I can only hope it came from the sink, she said.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, one of these three things happened. Is it because of a failing dam, a small town in the Columbia River is now a tourist spot being overwhelmed with happy surfers? That's from Luke. From Paula, a pothole saves a man's life as the ambulance hits it and fixes his heart rate or from Bobcat, a poop storm in Iowa miraculously returns a woman's wedding ring from the depths? Which of these is the real story of an infrastructure failure being a success?
4: Well, I love Paula, and I'm gonna go with her story of the pothole.
1: You're gonna go with Paula's story of the pothole in Omaha. Well, To bring you the correct answer, we spoke to a reporter who covered the real story.
2: While en route to the hospital, they hit a pothole, and the jolt returned that patient's heart rate back to normal.
1: There you go. That was Kelsey Stewart. She's a reporter for the Omaha World Herald. Congratulations, Lacey. You got it right. You earned a point for Paula, of course. You have won our prize, the voice of your choice on your voicemail. Thank you so much for playing, and congratulations.
4: Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Take care. And now the game where talented people are confronted with a challenge that requires no talent at all. It's called Not My Job. Laird Hamilton is the most famous surfer who's never won a surfing competition, and he's never won one because he's never entered one. Instead, he spends his time doing remarkable things, like setting the record for the biggest wave ever surfed. He has a new book out called Life Rider. We are pleased to welcome him now. Laird Hamilton, welcome to Wait Wait Don't Tell Me. So um, I I wanted to check that, too, because when somebody said your name, I was like, yeah, of course, Laird Hamilton, the champion surfer. But it turns out, am I right that you've never actually entered a surfing competition?
3: Um, Yeah. I I surfed in a couple when I was a kid when there was a t-shirt for the prize. But as soon as the money came into it, it seemed like that changed the uh, dynamics. And I I opted to not participate.
1: We understand that uh, it's it's not surprising you've spent your life on the water because you were actually born in water.
3: Uh, well, that's why well, I was born in a, uh, using a bathysphere, which was actually like almost like a uh, hairdresser's vacuum that went over my mother's stomach and relieved the pressure on the on the abdomen. So I wasn't uh, birthed in a tub, but I did have a, a, a unique birthing process. So let's just put it that way.
1: Yeah. Do you, Do you think that ended up sort of steering the course of your life?
3: Uh, I, well, I, I would like to say it didn't affect me, but other people disagree.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm going to ask you a basic question. What is your job, Laird Hamilton?
3: I, you know, I, I, I would say an innovator. I like uh, innovation and, you know, I mean, I've I, I made a, a career uh, as an athlete. I've subsidized my surfing with a lot of different things.
5: Laird, wh- wh- when, when you surf, like, for a living, who pays
3: you? Well, just uh, sponsors, you know. I mean, and how do, they,
5: put... how do they know to do that? I mean, you're a guy with a surfboard, and you go to the beach, and there's a wave, and you oh. surf it, and then somebody runs over and <laughs> gives you a check? <laughs> Yeah,
3: well, no, you're, you ride a giant wave, somebody takes a picture, they put it on the cover of National Geographic, and, oh. then, and then a company says, you know, we'd love to give you some money and, and, and try to get on National Geographic again. Okay.
1: <laughs> and, that, and that, I just want to make, make it clear to Paul and everybody else, that actually happened, right? Yes. Yes. So what, what do you think, in your estimation, is sort of the craziest or riskiest or maybe even most foolish thing you've ever done because you wanted to?
3: You know, there's a long list (laughs) We don't have enough time But, you know, I've done some crazy paddles Between islands I I paddled from Corsica to Italy one time And and we were kind of lost at night Paddling around in the middle of the Mediterranean And, you know, I've had some other I've been, I was in Russia And I fell through a glacier when I was Helicopter snowboarding in some military helicopters And, I mean, I, you know Wait a minute, hold on, that happened to you
2: too? You
1: (laughs) You got a ride You got a ride on a Russian military helicopter yeah. to a glacier in Russia. Yes. And then you went snowboarding down the glacier.
3: Yeah, but we I fell in I fell through a cornice uh at one point we had been riding most of the day and I was hiking behind one of my uh, partners and I fell through this, a, a cornice that, you know, had I been in the wrong, you know, a couple feet over, I, I might not be, you know, on this yeah. phone call right so, now.
1: <laughs> so, first of all, was it hard to get the Russian military to let you do that or they were like, Laird Hamilton, uh, we love your no, shorts? No, it or... wasn't
3: anything about Laird, it was more like, you know, money for vodka. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> And there was a couple bullet holes in it, you know, in the, in the, in the, in the bird and, you know. And, it, and you still was, got in? There was a pilot. He was
2: flying it. So. Do you, a you ever, pilot you paid with vodka.
4: That's <laughs> <laughs> a very low bar. It's refreshing to hear an American that has no problem admitting that the Russians helped him. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I guess.
1: Absolutely. Um, so, let's take one of those instances. You're, you're, you've fallen through a glacier and you're in a big hole in the ice. Or you are somewhere <laughs> between Corsica Ross and Italy the on, a, on a you're on a paddleboard or a surfboard on that particular trip. Uh, paddle, paddleboard. So you're standing there on a board in the middle of the ocean. It's dark. You don't know where you are. Has there ever been a point where you said, oh, man, I screwed this up now, or have you, uh, do you just not ever, like, lose no, your faith? No, there's in it? been a lot of those. Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? You're like, oh, yeah, man. Totally.
3: More than once, yeah. Wow. I, I think you get kind of good at it, actually. You're like, oh, here I am again. Yeah? I, I, hope I, I hope I make it out of this one.
1: <laughs> You're somebody other people admire so much, and I'm just wondering if you've ever found yourself in a moment going, man, I wish I'd become a CPA like mom wanted. <laughs>
4: Yeah, not, never that. I think you know. Let's <laughs> <Well, I, laughs> not go crazy. <laughs> Let me get straight. You snowboard glaciers, but the most terrifying thing is being a CPA. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, I, I understand that one of the things that you're doing is you have a, a really rigorous. Uh, I, I don't know. Its exercise program is not sufficient, right? It's it's kind of a training program you offer to people.
3: Yeah, well, we we have a, a an experience called an XPT, which kind of stands for um, exploring performance training. But it, it really is a lifestyle program, and 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 it's it's really about recovery, move and breathe. I, I don't
1: know how accurate this is, but somebody told me, oh yes, that's the program where you have to go underwater and lift weights while holding your breath
3: there, there, there is there is that
1: part <laughs> <laughs> so that's part, reco-
5: that that part of the re- recovery
1: that's part of recovery and, and not you're just killing you like a normal weight program might make you go into a gym and lift weights but you because you're more generous to people make them go underwater
3: <laughs> yes actually if you you know we use the weights to hold us down and we do a lot of explosive jumping
1: you use the weights to hold you down yes. in the bottom of the pool yes How many clients have you lost? (laughs) None
3: that we know of. All right. But I haven't (laughs) looked in the pool today.
1: (laughs) Well, Laird Hamilton, it is a pleasure to talk to you. We've invited you here today to play a game we're calling...
0: Championship Channel Surfing. You, of course, are a big wave surfer, but
1: from everything we know, you're probably not very good at America's favorite kind of surfing, channel surfing. We're going to ask you three questions about terrible moments in television history. If you answer two out of three questions correctly, you'll win a prize for one of our listeners, the voice of their choice on their answering machine. Bill, who is Laird Hamilton playing for?
0: Evan Hansen of Princeton, New Jersey. And they've got
1: a big surf scene there, so I'm sure he's a fan. (laughs) All right, here we go. First question. Uh, There was once a failed cable channel called Genesis Storytime. Didn't last very long. It was created just for kids. What programming did Genesis Storytime offer? Was it, A, it reenacted other cable TV shows like The Sopranos and Homeland, but with puppets and clean language? B, it was just a series of still images of pages from children's books so that a parent could sit and read the TV to their kid? Or C, it purported to teach kids, quote, real life skills, such as asking people out on dates and cures for hangovers? I I think I'll go with B. You're gonna go with B. You're right, Laird, you nailed that. It's a very weird idea. You'd turn it on. There'd be a page of a kid's picture book. You'd read the page, and after a short period of time, it would switch to the next page. And you'd read that page. Oh, was awful. didn't last long. All right. <laughs> next they make qu- books, yeah. Yeah, that's true. They have those. It's, you don't have to plug them in. Next question. Uh, there are some shows that have come and gone very, very quickly, as in which of these? Which of these shows appeared only to disappear almost instantly? A, Fox's Who's Your Daddy? A game show in which an adult who had been given up for adoption guesses which of the 25 (laughs) men on the set is their father. B, PBS's trigonometry teaching educational comedy show, (laughs) Cosinefeld. Or C, NBC's crossover experiment, Law and Order and Frasier. to go with B again. You're going to go with the trigonometry teaching educational comedy show Cosinefeld. What's
2: the deal with hypotenuse? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I'll go with A. You're going to go with A. You're right, of course. <laughs> If, and this is all true, if you guessed right, you got $100,000 at which point your dad suddenly took an interest in you again. <laughs> all right, last question, if you if you sit there and channel surf long enough, you'll end up on the home shopping channel. Yes. That can make sometimes for unexpectedly memorable viewing. Which of these actually happened on the home shopping channel? Was it A? After a host whacked the blade of a samurai sword on the counter to show its strength? The blade snapped and stabbed him in the chest. B, a man showed off a photo of a moth taken by the camera he was selling, but then for a full minute referred to the moth as a horse. Or C, a woman selling jumper cables decided to show what happens when you switch the cables on the car battery, setting the battery on fire.
3: I, I, I just, I, I'm excited. I'm going samurai.
1: You're going to go with the samurai sword. You're right. But then again, all of them really happened. <laughs> And you thought the home shopping channel was yeah. dull?
0: Wow! Uh,
3: I, you know, I felt like they all could have, but somehow I just kind of liked
1: this one. Yeah, me too. You know, I have to say. Samurai sword stabbed the guy. Yeah. Out of out of the three of them, that's the one that I would be most likely to do. So yeah, I agree with you. Bill, how did Laird Hamilton do in our he quiz? He got
0: them all right. Of course <laughs> he did. He's Laird Hamilton. Good Lord.
1: Laird Hamilton is a legend of surfing and many, many other things. His new book, Life Rider, is out now. Laird Hamilton, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. A pleasure to talk to you. just a minute, Bill ties the knot and brings all his baggage in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call 1-888-WAIT-WAIT to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. We'd like to thank our sponsor, who brings you this message, Discover, who alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. Discover believes there are some things that you just need to know. It's just another way Discover looks out for you, not just your account. And best of all, social security alerts are free for Discover card members. All you have to do is sign up online. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply.
0: Hey there, it's Joshua Johnson, the host of 1A. Often the news is full of hot takes and snappy comebacks, but on the Friday News Roundup, we take the time to go deep with guests who know the big stories inside out. Catch the Friday News Roundup in the 1A podcast on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts. From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We're playing this week with Paula Poundstone, Bobcat, Goldthwaite, and Luke Burbank. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter say go Thank you, Bill. In just
1: a minute, Bill is recalling your rye main lettuce in our Listener Limerick Challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one wait wait That's one 8924 Right now, panel, We have some more questions for you from the week's news. Bobcat, in response to a recent incident, lawyers in the UK are scrambling to figure out whether or not it's illegal to deny someone housing based on their what? Smell. No. Their weight? No, not their weight. Although well, you're on the right track because, in fact, somebody was denied housing. I'm going to say it again, but with more confidence. Their weight? No. <laughs> it's a physical thing. Not quite. I'll give you a hint. It's like, it, may, it does make sense because Libras never pay their rent oh, on time. Oh,
4: because oh. they're uh, into the astrology.
1: Right. That's the answer. Is it wow. legal to deny someone housing because of their astrological sign is the question. Jeez, that's so that absurd. was happening? <laughs> yeah, it happened. A woman responded to a potential roommate and rejected her saying, quote, her main concern is that you're a Capricorn.
2: But so she still wanted to live with this person? Well, apparently the woman was. That rather- is such a Capricorn move. It really is. <laughs> I mean, honestly, They're so yeah. stubborn and argumentative. Yeah. But
1: I'd be like, you're a nutball. I don't yeah. want to live here. Yeah. Well, wait a minute. Before you get upset, it would be great if that's what discrimination was. No jugglers welcome here. People who clap after planes land need not apply. <laughs>
2: That's a pretty solid one. Yeah, you don't want to have those. I wouldn't live with. The courts are going to side with you on that one. I think so.
1: Bobcat, Hooters has long been known for the waitresses in tight shirts and hot pants, but they're now looking to extend their brand. They've opened a new chain of restaurants specifically designed for whom?
4: For Mormons. It's (laughs) Schlongies. I have, uh, I have no idea. You what have it- no idea.
1: Well, it's, like, uh, it's like, you know, you go there and you say, that's right, Timmy. It's a sound an owl makes and nothing else. <laughs> so it's Hooters. But for.
4: I, I, I'm, I'm trying to work clean. But you can. That's the point. I know. I'm trying to work clean. I'm... <laughs> you bring your kids. and so
1: Yes, you just said and it. So Hooters it's for, for Kids. Hooters for Families. It's called Hoots. So Hooters, as we know, is the f- restaurant that is usually known as a great place for very sad dads to stress eat while sitting near boobs. <laughs> but they're starting a new family restaurant chain called Hoots, and they've it, done a very good job. They've even removed the nipples from the two O's on the y- sign. You
5: know, it's not necessary. I used to take my kids to Hooters for Mother's Day. <laughs> Mother's Day? <laughs>
4: I think I, I the whole Hooters thing, it's just like... I want to objectify women, but I don't want to go to a strip club because those are dirty. (laughs) Yeah, it's just such a a strip club with training wheels.
2: Pretty much. Pretty much. So, this is to basically get your kids used to. The overall Hooters environment. Well, no, no, I young, should say so that then they, when they're of age, will feel very comfortable well, at a full on. Basically, Hooters.
1: they're trying. To, I mean, so so Hooters is staying true to its menu, serving up wings and burgers, but the emphasis on breasts will be shifted away from leering at them and towards nursing infants. In fact, the menu offers three kinds of milk: chocolate, two percent, and prepared tableside. <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fell in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call really leave a message at one triple eight wait wait That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. 888 or click the Contact Us link on our website, waitwait.mper.org, there you can find out about attending our weekly live shows here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, and our upcoming shows at the Mann Center in Philadelphia on June 27th, and at the Blossom Music Center in Cuyahoga Falls, Ohio on July 18th. And if you think our show would be better if you were the star, check out the Wait Wait Quiz on your smart speaker. Just say, open the Wait Wait Quiz, and Bill and I will be there to ask you questions about this week's news in your very home. You could even win one of our voices on your voicemail. Hi, you're on Wait Wait Don't Tell Me.
2: Hi, um, this is Sonya calling from New Orleans, Louisiana. New
1: Orleans, one of my favorite places on this earth. How do you, how, what, what do you do there?
2: Um, so I actually
4: work in Mississippi, but I'm an educator making curriculum for high school students all about sea level
5: rise.
1: Really? Which oh, is, which good is, for you. which is an issue. I mean, people down where you live uh, in, in the far south delta, they, they, you can't really argue about sea level rise because it's basically sloshing at your ankles, right?
4: Yeah, that's right. It's uh, definitely something to every coast in even the interior of the United States.
1: Do you think there's any chance that we here in Chicago will have oceanfront property? Because that would be pretty cool. <laughs> <for> <laughs> Probably us. not. For Well, welcome to the show, Sonia. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three news-related limericks with the last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in, of course, the last word or phrase on just two of them, you'll win our prize. Ready to go? Yes. Here is the first limerick.
0: With my veil through the pre-check, I'm heading. The best man's late flight we are dreading. Still, Terminal 3 is the right place to be. Southwest is the theme of our...
1: Wedding! Yes! Wedding! (laughs) If you've ever gotten off a flight with a dry mouth while also having to pee and thought, Gee, I wish I was getting married right now. Then take a tip from a couple who got married at a baggage claim in the Cleveland airport. Don't laugh. Have you been to Baggage Carousel 6? It is the Paris of Ohio. (laughs) The couple chose to get married at the Southwest Baggage Claim because they met there 12 years earlier. And Southwest, uh, charmed by this, uh, promised any day now that their bags will show up. (laughs) (laughs) Now that's not true. What is true is that Southwest donated airline snacks for the reception.
5: Oh, jeez.
1: And as a treat, even let the bride and groom have a full can of soda. (laughs) Sadly, however, because they checked in late, they weren't able to stand next to each
0: other. (laughs) All right, Sonia. here is your next limerick. The collapsible screen I'm remolding. Now the shards of my phone I'm beholding. This phone isn't smart, because it just breaks apart. Like a map, it just can't handle...
2: Folding.
1: Folding, yes. Samsung is delaying the release of its highly anticipated Galaxy Fold phone, which has a foldable screen. Now, it's true the screen has a tendency to break, but it only happens if you fold it. (laughs) (laughs) It breaks, by the way, in the bad way, where your screen doesn't work and not in the good way, where you get two smaller phones you can share with a friend like a Kit Kat. (laughs) The phone was expected to retail for $2,000. You may be thinking, wait, isn't that just really an expensive flip phone? No, because flip phones worked. (laughs) They were the folks
4: that had the uh,
0: exploding, the exploding phone, phones, yeah. too. So
4: I'm just wondering, like, you know, is this the same, en- you know, engineer? Is he coming <laughs> in? They're like, what do you got? I know the, f- I know the exploding phone. That was, that was all me. My bad. Uh, folding phones that break. Boom!
0: <laughs> Here is your last limerick. I ran from the gym for a quick snack. I skip crunches, but doctors can fix that. I've neglected my abs, but there's no excess flab. Because a surgeon is sculpting my... Six-pack.
1: Six-pack, yes, very good. This week...
0: that's good. good.
1: This week, the American Society of Plastic Surgeons unveiled a new technique called abdominal etching, where they Ah. sculpt your belly fat into a six-pack. Finally, a simple, painless way to get rock-soft abs. (laughs) The procedure requires multiple follow-up visits, and for the patient to wear foam dressings on their stomach for weeks to keep the etchings in place till they set. So if you think a tight corset pressing into your belly fat for weeks is better than going to the gym, you're right, it really is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the photo of, of the, what this looks like? It's terrible. It's it not is very so convincing. It's so upsetting. Yeah. Like imagine a six pack, but all the muscles are just little packets of fat. Yeah.
5: <laughs> Wait till Laird finds out he could have done that. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Bill, how did Sonia do in our quiz? Sonia is good. Three and oh. Perfect wow. score. Congratulations, Sonia. Thank you so much for playing. Thank you.
1: Support for NPR and the following message comes from Panera Bread, here with your breakfast wake-up call. At Panera, breakfast to go no longer means to settle. Try their new maple-glazed bacon scrambled egg and cheese breakfast wrap and pair it with a new Madagascar vanilla cold brew, all made 100% clean and ready to go with rapid pickup at the push of a button. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and that means compromising is not an option. Panera, food as it should be. Support for NPR, this podcast, and the following message comes from Choiceology, an original podcast from Charles Schwab. Choiceology examines the forces that affect our perceptions and decisions, like why we underestimate how long a project will take, or think an outcome was obvious in hindsight. Host Katie Milkman explores questions like these and shares strategies for making better choices in life. Download the latest episode and subscribe at schwab.com slash podcast or wherever you listen. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill in the Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill in the blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores?
0: Bobcat leads the pack with three, and Paula and Luke each have two. We have flipped a coin,
1: and Paula has elected to go second. That means, Luke, you are up first. Here we go. Clock will start when I begin your first question. Fill in the blank. On Tuesday, the White House told officials not to comply with subpoenas from blank. (laughs) Uh, House Democrats. Yeah. On Monday, Nancy Pelosi said there were no immediate plans to start blank proceedings. Impeachment. Right. This week, Kim Jong-un held his first summit with Russian President blank. Putin. Right. On Sunday, the FBI arrested the leader of a right-wing militia who detained blanks in New Mexico. Uh,
2: Would-be immigrants.
1: Right. On Wednesday, the World Health Organization said that kids under two shouldn't spend any time with blanks. Anti-vaxxers? No, with screens. Although... (laughs) Also smart. On Sunday, on Sunday the queen of blank celebrated her 93rd birthday. England. Right. This week the president of Liberia decided to work from home after being informed that his office was
2: blank, full of loose snakes. Exactly right, Luke. <laughs> I yes. don't like em- snakes either. No, after, after snakes
1: were reported emerging from holes in the president's office building, the president announced he'd be telecommuting, <laughs> vastly exceeding my own standards for deciding to work from home. The snakes commented, oh, he's at home? Good, we'll be right over. <laughs> Bill, how did Luke do in our
0: quiz? Very, very well. Uh, six right, oh, 12 more points, total of 14 way out front. There you go. All right. <laughs> Paula, you're up next. On Tuesday, the
1: IRS failed to hand over blanks, tax documents, before a congressional deadline. Trump. Right. After the release of the Mueller report, a House panel issued a subpoena for former White House counsel blank. Uh, McGann. Right. Don McGann, according to a new UN report, one million species face blank thanks to human activity. Extinction. Right. This week, a movie theater in Tennessee sparked controversy when it removed the movie Hellboy from its marquee and replaced it with blank. Uh, uh, Heaven Girl. No. Heck boy.
5: Oh, my God.
1: (laughs) On Sunday, it was revealed that nearly 100 runners from China had falsified their times to get into the blank marathon.
5: The Boston Marathon.
1: Right. This week, both Rite Aid and Walgreens raised the minimum age to buy blanks to 21. Cigarettes. Right. An Airbnb listing for rental in Scotland is booked years in advance, despite the fact that renters are required to blank while staying there.
5: Uh, They're booked years in advance. Uh, They're required to... Hold their breath while they stay there.
1: No, they're required to work at a bookstore from 9 to (laughs) 5. Wow! (laughs) If your idea of the perfect vacation is working retail eight hours a day in a room filled with cat dander, check out The Open Book, an Airbnb rental in Scotland, includes two bedrooms, a bathroom, and a fully operational bookstore you need to manage while staying there. (laughs) If you're interested but can't afford the trip to Scotland, you can probably book a room at a Motel 6 next to an Amazon distribution center. (laughs)
5: I would go work in a bookstore.
1: You'd be paying to do it, you realize that?
5: Yeah, doesn't matter.
1: I applaud your literary spirit.
5: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I, I work for NPR.
0: Bill, how did Paula do in our quiz? Decent. Five, right, ten more points. Twelve, trailing. Luke, of course, by two. All right, and how many then does Bobcat need to win? Six to win. Okay, Bobcat, this is for the
1: game. Fill in the blank. Following the bombings on Easter weekend, the defense minister of blank resigned on Thursday. Sri Lanka. Right, on Tuesday, the first criminal charges were filed against a drug CEO for his part in the blank crisis. The opioid. Right, this week reported cases of blank reached the highest rate in 25 years. Chlamydia. (laughs) (laughs) Measles. Measles, yes. I'll give it to you on Monday. Herman Cain withdrew his name from consideration for a spot on the board of the blank. Hun. No, the Federal Reserve. Yeah. Police in Australia say they shouldn't have any trouble identifying a thief who wore a grocery bag over his head to hide his identity and then blanked. And then took it off? Yes, but he t- I'll give it to you. He took the bag off so he could have a place to carry his loot. <laughs> He's like, I need a bag. Oh, I got one right here. <laughs> this week, China revealed plans to build a base on blank the moon. Yes. On Tuesday, two brothers implicated in an attack alleged to be a hoax filed a defamation lawsuit against the lawyers for blank. Jesse.
4: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Jesse Smollett. Very good. Archaeologists were shocked this week when a piece of fossilized poop revealed that 1,500 years ago a hunter-gatherer blanked. Pooped. <laughs> well, they knew he did that, but the discovery was that he ate an entire rattlesnake. Holes, including the fangs.
4: Oh, I was gonna say that.
1: (laughs) No. Researchers say they've never seen anything like the recent find in a dig in Texas, which contains the remains of an entire rattlesnake, including a fang. The archeologists say the fossil provides great insight into the ancient man's life, but also poses a lot of questions, like how bad does your breakup have to be before you eat your feelings with a live rattlesnake? (laughs) That
2: man was Laird Hamilton's grandfather. It's true. <laughs>
1: it's also possible that bar bets were invented far earlier than previously thought.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the birth of Jackass. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Bill, did Bobcat do well enough to win?
0: Hold on, this just in. Bobcat got six right, 12 more points. He wins with 15! Congratulations, Bobcat! <laughs> yeah, I'd like to
4: thank my team.
1: Yeah. <laughs> In just a minute, we'll ask our panelists to predict what will be the Jeopardy question that finally sinks. James Hall's hour. Special thanks to Stock and Ledger for satisfying our need to feed Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WVEZ Chicago in association with Urgent Haircut Productions, Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Gotika writes out Limerick's. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran and Mary Olio. Our interns are Alex McOwen and Rachel Klepper. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Lederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by. Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Special thanks this week to Marnie Sure, Our anonymous source plays well, Peter Gwynn. Technical direction is Malona White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Webby winner Chillog, And the executive producer of Wait Wait Don't Tell Me is Mike Danforth. Now panel, what will be the question that finally dooms James Halshauer Bobcat Goldthwaite.
4: What is the male equivalent of Hooters.
1: <laughs> Tony Lesson. Paula Poundstone.
5: What is how to tie your own shoes, Alex? <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Luke Burbank. <laughs> Who let the dogs out? Who? <laughs> Who? Who?
0: <Yeah. laughs> well, if any of that happens, we'll ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you, Bill
1: Burbank. The so Bobcat. Don't wait. Paula Poundstone and Luke Burbank. Thanks to all of you for listening. You're the best. I'm Peter Sagel. We'll see you next week. is NPR.